concert tickets are insane right now. It's crazy. It's all the third-party apps, too, like SeatGeek. I looked on tickets because my friends wanted to go, and it was like, oh, I found you some tickets for 250 bucks. That seems somewhat reasonable. And then there's a $100 fee attached to each ticket. Just say it's 350 I might have bought it at 350 but now I'm But pissed. now that I feel like you're trying to give it to me at the end, I'm like, no, 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 you don't. You think I love them that much? I love Metallica, but I'm not gonna let Seat Geek win some no. douche with an engineering degree. Trekking heavier, traveling light. There's one thing that's right wherever I go. That's where I am. Hey everybody, welcome to this week in Zoltan. I am Zoltan, and uh, we're doing another solo episode, but this time. Uh, we did a little housekeeping. We moved a chair out of the way, moved me up to the center, so it just looks like I'm doing a newscast out of my basement, which is what we're going for. It's, it's nice, because it's my turn to talk. Isn't that the best? Mike, Mike's running the ones and twos this week uh, over in the, in the corner, but like, isn't it the best when it's like your turn to talk? I like I like being I produce a lot of podcasts I like being on them now more because it's like it, I'm like oh I can I have a lot more to say yeah yeah it, uh, to me it's like uh, I liked having guests on it was great but I would come in with like oh yeah this happened to me this week and then we would just never get to it we would have a great conversation anyway but it would never it was like being at a house party when you're talking to a stranger. And then you're like, when's it my turn to talk? Not the same, but like that same joy of when it's my turn to talk. Like I don't have to listen to this person talk about their commercial real estate business. <laughs> and then I can go, uh, yeah, I went and saw Metallica. And then you can watch their eyes either light up or dim. <laughs> or glaze over. Yeah, glaze over. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yes, I will go through their set list song by song with you. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's nice to, to talk. You guys seem to enjoy the last week's episode. So that doesn't mean we're not going to have guests. It's just going to come and go and flow and ebb. And if we have a guest, we have a guest. If not, I'll write down enough stuff. Hopefully that happened to me in the last week um, before, uh, before we do this. I found out, so last week I was in Phoenix, Glendale area, went out there to see Metallica. Metallica was doing Friday and Sunday, so I set up a show Saturday at Mike Drop Mania. Um, that was super fun. Uh, thank you. That was the most boisterous audience I've ever performed in front of. Like, I've never opened the green room door to go set up my camera and had a bunch of people turn and go, yeah! Like, I didn't know it was from, they were playing the pre-show video music thing, so I thought something happened on the screen, so I looked up on the screen, and it was just something. You know, it was just like uh, Samuel L. Jackson yelling at people to turn off their phones or something. And I was like, oh, that's for me. I've never had that before. So I was pumped. I've never had pre-show uh, woos at my presence, and that made me feel excited. Then I went on stage, and there was a, a lady in the front row that had my face as her wallpaper on her phone. And it was the first thing I noticed. And I'm like, is that my face on your phone? And she's like, uh-huh. And I've, I don't know if you've ever, I've never experienced that before, where you look down and you see your face on a phone that isn't yours. Not that I would keep my own face on my own phone, but you just don't expect to see. And then it's in public, thankfully in the context of comedy. Imagine if I was given a eulogy. Imagine in another setting, I'm up there giving a speech, a quarter end meeting to stock shareholders or whatever you say and you look down and some stranger has a picture of your face on their phone it's a little like listen she seemed like a very nice lady very big fan but if i ever end up dead 
I I would uh, I would look up the names of the people that bought tickets to that early show Saturday in in Chandler, Arizona. At Mike Drop Mania. You guys were fun. Thanks for laughing. Uh, but yeah, went went out there to go see Metallica, and as I was telling Mike. I found I found out that Mike used to be a roadie for Metallica. There was a summer I spent the summer sanitarium tour. What what, what year is that? Two thousand one. Okay, if I remember correctly. Was that, so that was years. still with uh, Jason Newstead on bass. I believe so. And they all, that was Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit, Mudvayne. That wow. was the lineup on the show. And I it just was had a middle school erection. Yeah. <laughs> at, at that lineup, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Wow. How, how do you even get a gig of roadie? I was working on locally as a stagehand when I was like 18, mm-hmm. doing all different like concerts that would come through Atlanta. Yeah. And then I got booked on that gig. And then it just became, it's like, it just took forever. Like it was just a really long work, it was long like a, m- a month long of doing gigs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because so, it was like yeah, come so with the, do do. So I was with the stage crew. Right. So I was building the stage, loading gear, loading gear out, and I also got the help with pyro one time too. Oh. Which is wild. The guy had three fingers. The guy. <laughs> I mean, it was a, the mo- classic movie style. You know, he's like, yeah, he's he, like he had man, rock and roll fingers. The woodshop teacher. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to do the table saw. And you're I, like, I just wanted to be rock and roll for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, you could have just done it. You didn't have to blow your fingers off. It's amazing that Metallica still does pyro because Headfield got burned by pyro in like the 90s. They no. did a show and he like walked into a giant flame. And then they had pyro at this show I went to. Oh, really? For fuel. Yeah. They didn't have pyro the entire time, and then they played fuel, and there's just big old whoosh, like walls yeah. of fire coming up. And I'm like, if I got burned, there would be no, there, there wouldn't even be hot spotlights if I, if I ever got burned. I'd be <laughs> like, dim those spotlights. You're tanning my skin. That's wild, dude. So, so that meant they hired roadies uh, regionally. So you did like the southern yeah, stretch yeah. of the tour. Basically, yeah. That's so yeah, I'm sure I could have gone on to do more, but I was in college and like, it was just it was hard work, Real, like 18 hour days. It was I like, can't imagine. Yeah. You, they fed they fed you four meals a day, like catered because it was just so you're, you're there so you're there. Long. I wouldn't go home some days. You'd put a hammock under the stage in the stadium and just take a nap for a few hours, get up and do it again. Oh wow! So you weren't even there's not even like a hotel for you to stay at. Mm-hmm. You have to drive back to Atlanta after wherever this setup. You, no, was. no. So for if you're on the road, you get a hotel, but okay. it's not. You barely went. You wouldn't go because right. you're just you're on shift all the time. It was just Jesus. it was just crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they don't pay that good. Paid great. Oh, paid great. Paid great. Right, good money was killer. Good, and especially at 18, 19 years old. I broke my girlfriend broke up with me because I wasn't because <laughs> I was spending too much time. Like I wasn't giving her enough attention, and I was like, Yeah, you're right. That's, anyway, bye. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go set up a, a stack of amps for yeah. James Hetfield. It was cool. The, the guy I can't remember the guy's name. Scott, something. The bass player for Lincoln Park. He would hang oh, out more yeah, often yeah. than anybody. Oh, really? Like, because I would also help build the VIP booth, like oh. the big tent, where the meet and greet stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would just be down there hanging out. Oh, cool. And it was kind of cool to see. Like he'd be helping. Move. Like he just That's was a good. Badass. He was just like a dude. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That's so badass. I was trying to uh, get ready because. Uh, I forget why. I think because they have a, a guitar player named Zoltan, but the band Five Finger Death Punch, mm-hmm. the bassist and I follow each other. Chris, we follow each other on Twitter, and I I forget exactly how that got set up, but they were opening for Metallica that Sunday show. Oh, wow. And so I messaged them, and they're like, yeah, we can come to your Saturday show, like my stand-up no show. No shit. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, I had this moment 
where like I don't I, I've never met this person but you just see pictures and they look pretty metal you know uh, they're, I mean the, when your band name is Five Finger Death Punch you're not gonna look like uh, Garfunkel and uh, something you know one of those bands that were cardigans in the 90s and sang about love uh, I would have rather one of them came but um, yeah they look pretty metal and I was just like going through my set list and it's just like there's a lot of like me struggling with my masculinity <laughs> you know, like, meanwhile this guy's got dreads in his beard yeah he's got dreads in his beard and you're like oh, he looks like he oozes testosterone and you're like good lord what jokes am I supposed to do um, but they ended up not being able to come because that show ended up getting cancelled that's that Sunday because oh, yeah. James Hetfield got COVID, but uh, but the entire experience was interesting. I've been to a Metallica show before ten years ago, but my wife had never been, so she didn't know kind of what to expect. I, I showed her some YouTube videos, and she's mm -hmm. like, "Okay," but she didn't like. She doesn't know that she grew up in a nice family. Nice. Fa <laughs> she had a nice upbringing. There yeah. was no metal shows. You know, she, not a lot of metalheads. Uh, parents are involved with anything they do no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and or their life in general yeah, if you grew up liking metallica odds are you knew dinner was ready when you heard ding and you pulled it out of the microwave <laughs> you peeled that lid back and then you started eating the dessert first because those kids cuisines put the dessert first and i always crush that <laughs> if you grew up liking metallica you grew up with your parents probably not liking you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean at least one you know <laughs> at least one of those parents probably Probably didn't care for you but yeah if you grew up like in metallica you had dinners alone and your parents kind of didn't know what you listened to but um but yeah she'd never experienced uh a metal it was just for her it was two hours of summoning the devil like that's pretty much what she experienced they opened uh their set with creeping death um which was uh so it's a pretty heavy song, and they got the red lights going. And then if you don't know Metallica, you don't know the song, uh, they have this breakdown in the middle where they're like, dong, 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 dong. It's badass. It's badass. You just throw up the horns. And when that happens, the entire audience chants die. That's, that's the, what you do. And so my wife, who's now known me four years, I guess, has never seen me at a metal show. So she's just sitting there next to me watching me go, Die! 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 With glee, happily. Happily chanting the word die with my arms out like this, along with however many thousands of people were in this football stadium doing the same thing with the red lights. And then, dawn, da, da, die! And then I just look over and she's like, what in the hell is going on? And I'm like, the devil's coming soon, sweetie. Put up the horns. It was... Uh, it was, and it's not even on the spectrum of what you could see at a metal show. Metallic is pretty tame, as opposed to yeah. like you know, if you ever went to like a Slayer show or uh, remember the band Guar? Yeah, yeah, they used to dress up in these like weird things and shoot like fake blood, blood at people. Shit, yeah. yeah, they had like a concoction of fake blood they would always shoot at the crowd, uh, which, for the record, I wouldn't be into. Every no. time, I'm not a mosh pit guy. I'm not a standing guy. I'm a, I will go to a concert, but I need a seat. I need a seat. I didn't have a seat on the entire subway right up here. My left knee hurts. I got like an ostrich knee that cocks back and like my left knee hurts. So I got to, I need a seat. Although I did stand for most of the Metallica show. Emma gave up about four songs in right around uh, uh, King Nothing. She's like, I'm going to sit down, and which is fair. I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. And she stayed down there for most of the show. It, it was fun. Uh, it really lets you know like how much 
what you like of certain bands is not as popular. Like I know mm. which records are more popular than others, but they started playing King Nothing. Like the wee, wee, wee. it has this like weird guitar opening, and I was the only one in my whole section who was like, oh, <laughs> right. Huh? And everyone was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, okay, not a lot of load fans. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Load and reload aren't going to get a lot of love. I get it. I remember uh, listening to uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. I never got into them at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a friend of mine, she took me to see them live, the yeah. headline, and it blew me away. Like the stage, just like the, the amount of stage that they built and their stage presence, I had no clue. I could see that they were that big and that they they were that detailed. It was so so cool. I could see them kicking ass. They had their new album, which I don't know if you've listened to. to It's pretty different, but it's still really cool. Country? No, no. (laughs) That'd be something great. Yeah, Yeah, they play with that Jelly Roll guy. Hail to the king. (laughs) Yeah, there's that one. Is Jesus your new king? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was that one record that they did sound very Metallica y. Where I think it was that Hill to the King, yeah, yeah, where probably, you're like, oh, yeah. this is like Hetfield songs. Right? <laughs> this is good. Um, no, but I, I could see that band kicking a bunch of ass. I was yeah. bummed that we missed uh, Pantera's opening wow. that that night. But we got all messed. That stadium in, in, uh, in Glendale, Arizona, the Cardinals football stadium, is horribly, horribly set up for Uber drop-off. They don't even drop you off in the parking lot. They drop you off in a lot across the street. And if you know anything about Arizona, everything across the street might as well be three miles away. Mm. It is incredibly far. So then you got to walk all the way. And then we got all the way. It took us like 20 minutes to get to the first gate. And then we find out, because I got to go to Will Call. Not to brag, but I had friends and family tickets, uh, which I still had to pay for. But you know what? I was on friends and family, so I felt special. <laughs> and uh, But I had to go to Will Call, which is at the other side of the stadium so not only did we have a 20 minute walk from the uber thing to get over the thing they're like oh yeah you want to go to window uh four or window three whichever one was the furthest away from where we were and we had to walk all the way around then we get over there and i go to the lady try to act all cool in front of my wife because we got friends and family tickets to see metallica and i'm like hi there i am zoltan cassis i am on the friends and family list of tickets and i showed her my id and this lady was like i got nothing here for you and i'm like what and so we just we it took a bunch of texts and emails with my manager and then some people at live nation and eventually uh they figured it out, but it took like 30 minutes. So I, I got to, as we were walking up, I heard the rumble of Pantera. And I was like, oh, I hope we get to still catch some of their set. And then while we were waiting to be let in, you just heard it go down. And I'm like, oh, we missed Pantera. Which, it's not even the full Pantera at this point. But they got this guy, Zach Wild. I, like, I, I know my audience well enough to know that you guys probably don't know who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about. Uh, Zach Wilde is a badass guitar player. He's filling in for the deceased Dimebag Daryl. And I don't know who's doing drums since Vinnie Paul died, but probably someone good. And then the lead singer, uh, Phil Anselmo, he's an original. Might be kind of a white pharmacist. I don't, he's, he might be, I don't know. But I like the songs. Uh, none of the songs are about white supremacy, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, I'm bummed I missed him. And then the opening band was Mammoth, which I've heard of, but... I know they're like a throwback. You ever watch any, listen to any Mammoth? I don't think I do. Yeah, I don't know. It's like before our, I don't know. I love metal shows though. I think metal might be the best uh, genre of music to listen to live. 
I will say that. I've seen hip hop live, and that needs to be in. Uh, you need to listen to that through the studio version. Uh, reggae live is pretty good. Wait a minute. This says Mammoth was is fronted by Wolfgang Van Halen. Whoa. Which wouldn't be a well throwback band. That's like a new band. Oh, okay. Why does Mammoth sound like a band from 1982 to me? It just, you know what it is? It's because it's a band with one badass name, and you'd figure all those were taken by the time modern times came up. You'd say, yeah, Mammoth yeah. does have, this yeah. is a band. Yeah, this is a band. Already. From, yeah, that was formed in 1979, had the first album in 82, and then, because every band that comes out now is a sentence, Avenge Sevenfold, The Day After Tomorrow. I don't know, I'm making stuff up. So you're actually right. Ready for this? Yeah. The original name before David Lee Roth joined Van Halen, the band was called Mammoth. Okay. And then when he joined, they were called Mammoth and they changed to Van Halen. So it's a throwback to there it is. the original name for Van Halen. Now they're called Mammoth. There it is. See? Anytime a band has one name, Anvil. Exodus, <laughs> Metallica, Megadeth. Stained. Stain, yeah, Stained sneaked that one in. <laughs> yeah. hey, that's how you know that's a horrible band name, that you were able to name your band that in the late 90s or whenever <laughs> they formed, and you're like, no one's taken Stained? Yeah, because they already took the bad... No, yeah, Murder it was already taken. Gigi <laughs> Allen and the Murder Junkies and, and all that stuff. Like All the good names were already taken, so you're just left with... like. Uh, uh, I don't know. What are some more sentence names? Ghost is a pretty badass name. I'm surprised that wasn't taken. Did you ever uh, watch the documentary on Ghost on Gigi Allen? Yes. With yeah. That, uh, insane Phil- person. Todd Phillips. Yeah, the guy who ended up making like wedding crashers. Old school wedding crashers. Yeah. Uh, Borats, I think. No, no, Joker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I forgot that that Joker was made by Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. If you want to go watch a documentary about a punk rocker that used to get naked and take poops on stage and throw them around. Uh, it's fascinating, but also watch it by yourself. Don't make your significant other watch that or your mother, God forbid. I think one time I had the VHS to that and I was watching in my room. My mom came in and he was doing a set at NYU trying to mush a banana up his butt cheeks. And uh, my mom was like, what do you want? My little Hungarian mother. I was like, what are you watching? I'm like, he's a musician. He's an artist mother. In America, they eat backwards, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think Yakov Shmirdov did a bit about this in 88. But yeah, they eat backwards. This helps with with, uh, calcium uh, absorption. This is why they are so fat. Yes, that is right. That is right. This is why it sticks to our guns. Uh, but yeah, we had a badass time. The the uh, the litany of people that go to a Metallica show is also fascinating because you'll see like metalheads and all those people, people that look like they loved 1985 so much that they've kept that look for now f- almost 40 years, and so they're just looking like that. And then there's like kids as young as 10. I saw an old lady. Not making this up. Watch an old lady come in wheeling an oxygen tank. She's hooked into oxygen, wheeling an oxygen tank into the concert, full like metal shirt on, and had the thing. And I was, I actually thought of her while we were in the opening song, while we we're all chanting "Die." If, and I'm like, man, you're the closest out of everyone <laughs> I've seen. I'm like, I, I was like, you're like one greasy knob away from like turning it down too much, <laughs> and you might, you might die while chanting "Die." She's actually miserable, and she instead of doing rock hands, she had her fingers crossed <laughs> as she's doing it. I wish. 
<laughs> yeah, my wife was like, why don't they just chant joy or something? And I was like, well, because this isn't a boy band from the 90s. You don't understand. Death is a concept that's, too- you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to do derivatives with you. <laughs> Afterwards, she was like, you could tell all those people in that stadium had had a rough high school experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, there was this one, he was playing a song, Fade to Black, which is about suicide. And he's like, if anyone's struggling out there, know that you're not alone. You know, like saying like a nice... That's joy. Su- yeah, that's joyful, yeah. right? And my wife is like, yeah, everyone was like half crying during that. And she, it, she perks up. You're not alone. She's like, oh, this is great. And we say, just do it already. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> She goes. She sits right back down. All right. I thought (laughs) I was. I'm sorry. I thought. Now I know what you felt during the King Nothing intro. Like no one, no one joined with you. But uh, and she didn't know what a mosh pit was. Like she had never seen one, I guess. And she, we're just watching these people mosh. She's like, "What is happening there?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's a mosh pit." And then she's like, "Googling what a mosh pit is." Like she just had a different childhood than I did. She like knew nothing of the genre. She grew up. She's from Toronto. She grew up on Drake. And like uh, whoever else is from Toronto, more Drake. Whoever that was the predecessor. That's why I even try to say words I don't know how uh, to Drake. But yeah, that's how she came up. And uh, so it was just an experience for her. It was a two-hour experience. Um, and then, but I could tell James Hetfield was sick because there was a lot of us singing. It was a lot of that. He's like, and now you guys. And then I was like, this is for too many of the songs. And they actually started the intro to The Day That Never Comes, which is not a you guys sing it. It's more of a him singing. And they did the intro, like the pre-music that they would start the song with. And then they changed it and they played something else. And I was like, oh, that was weird. That was odd. And then I watched a video on YouTube the other day where they had video of him down by the stage. And while they were playing the intro, he's like, skip this song. <laughs> and they're like, what? He's like, I can't. I can't do it. He's went over to the CD player. Yeah. He's like, Next. we're not playing that. We are playing Hardwired, where I just yell into the microphone and kind of can get through it. But that really shows you all the little tricks that um, that you can do uh, to to, like to get away with it like comedians we have our little tricks you know like you were talking about you have a bunch of corporates coming up and i have a corporate coming up uh this month and like my little trick for corporates is to try to go crowd work heavy Mm. crowd work i try to start off by making fun of the situation maybe making fun of how i don't fit in try to uh, take a dump on me maybe poke fun at the stage something and then slip into material, and then as soon as I feel like I'm losing them, right back to crowd work. And then I just do crowd work, material, crowd work, material, until whatever my contractually obligated time is up, and then I go, good night, everybody. To the second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to the second. You're not getting any extra out of me. No, no. If I'm doing extra, that means I'm bombing so hard, I don't know what to leave on. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever hire me for a corporate, and you you had me down for 45 or 50, and I did 55, 60, that meant I was feeling so unconfident about where I was in that time frame that I had to just leave on a laugh just for my own dignity. You got to start, you got to stop doing these 45, 50 years. You got to start doing these 15s and then you, you're, you host 
the event for 20 minutes and 10 of it is you doing stand-up and then the other 10 is you introducing that is so awesome. awards. How do you set that up? Like, yeah, I have no idea. I, I want that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, same pay, though. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I always negotiate. I shouldn't give this away on the podcast, but like, I uh, I will. Whatever. Don't book me for a corporate. I'm fine. Uh, but like, I but do it also. But I shoot for the moon when they're like, how much uh, for you to do an hour? And I just throw out a stupid number and then if they take it i'm like well at least i get a stupid amount of money yeah. to do this hour of a kick in the nuts is what what it's going to be but then if they say ah we just can't afford that much and i'm like well what can you afford and if it's still a good number i'll go well, i can do 30 minutes for that yeah and then now it's just a better show yeah now it's a better show because no corporate wants an hour they think they want an hour until we get past 30 minutes and they're like we should have done 30 i always then, pitch that too I, yeah. I, I start they go we'll come and do an hour i go i'm gonna be honest with you that never works yeah and my price will reflect that yeah <laughs> and it's still a stupid number but it's right. like i should it's, do 20 to 30 tops or better yet is this an award thing is this like a yes. con how about i like introduce some of the people i'll do the announcements i'll do stand up before that It'll be 20-ish minutes, call it a day. They're we'll like, this is perfect. Yeah. Dude, I did a corporate uh, outside in Sandusky, Ohio. My buddy Law had set it up. And uh, it was a giant conference, but it was a fundraiser. Mm. So they did an auction. So they did Almost an, the auction. Yeah, they did, a, they did dinner. They did an auction. And then something else, a couple speeches, and then comedy. Yeah. So by the time we got up there, there's been a lot of stuff going on. These people are over it. And uh, so like... I just had to go up there. I, m I made fun of the fact like they were raising money for, um, for it was like a medical thing. So they were talking. They had this video playing of some guy who's like, I had to have a quadruple bypass heart thing, and thankfully, blah blah blah. And but they had like pulled pork sandwiches over at the catering, and I was about to grab one while this guy's over there go, my heart, I couldn't, my heart attack, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not having the pulled pork sandwiches, and I brought that up, I'm like, maybe that wasn't a good call on catering, <laughs> catering didn't talk with the VR department <laughs> as far as, like, what depression you guys are playing on the screen. Catering and the book and booking didn't really communicate. <laughs> and so, like, that kind of stuff does well, so, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. did well, and then I would go, like, Hey, I just uh, I just started stealing at the airport. One of my newer jokes, sure. and they're like not into it, and then they weren't into anything else, and it was just pulling teeth. But um, I like blaming people. You do for, for the bit I'm about to do. <laughs> you blame the audience and it makes for what it feel, you're about to say. It just makes it feel like it's I'm just riffing. The whole right. for me, the whole thing's got to feel like a riff to the audience. Yes. And we're like, oh, this you, oh, you, you know what? You look like the kind of guy that would steal at an airport, don't you? You know what's crazy? I've done that, <laughs> and then it's like, oh wow, this guy's so it's smart. The of yeah, hand yeah, it's of, all, it's, of, a, of uh, it's all a, a fake thumb. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's why. I mean, maybe that's what some people are doing with crowd work videos. But some of those responses from audiences where I'm like, I couldn't tie that back into any material that oh, I no. currently have. What's that? You're a mailman with no feet. Yeah, I got nothing for you. <laughs> I'm a mailman with no feet. You're a mailman with no feet. I steal at the airport. <laughs> yeah, That's what that reminds me I of. I bet it'd be easy to steal the mail from you, just like I steal at the airport. <laughs> and then you just dive into that. But... um but yeah, that's normally my go-to during corporates. And then you have these little tricks, but I, I heard my manager who mostly manages mu musicians, they're like, oh yeah, it's like 
musicians get older, sometimes they can't hit certain high notes anymore. So they'll kind of back off the mic and the uh, backup singers kind of nail the high note for nice. them. But it's a little sleight of hand. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like you and I are like, oh, this guy looks like he could steal at the airport. Bam, here's some material kind of tricked you into it. Sure. They kind of do that and then he comes back in for like the verse part and it comes out for that. It's it's perfect. It, every, um, every bit of it has a little bit of a trick to it. And uh, and then he also told me because I was complaining about the uh, or I was telling him I'm like concert tickets are insane right now. It's crazy. They're like to sit, I went on. It's all the third party apps too, like SeatGeek. Mm-hmm. Like I looked on tickets because my friends wanted to go, and it was like, oh, I found you some tickets for 250 bucks. That seems somewhat reasonable. And then there's a hundred dollar fee attached to each ticket. And so it's actually a three hundred fifty dollars ticket, which now makes it seem ridiculous. Like, why would anyone buy that? It is ridiculous. Yeah, you like you teased me with just say it's three fifty. I might have bought it at three fifty. Now, I'm but pissed. now that I feel like you're trying to give it to me at the end, I'm like, no, 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 you don't. You think I love them that much? I love Metallica, <laughs> but I'm not going to let Seat Geek win some no. douche with an engineering degree. I, I produce a, a comedy festival, and it's we 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 lost so much money last year because yeah. of ticket fees. Really? A $30 ticket had a $15 fee. Who's, 50% of the of the markup who of the is, ticket. Who's your ticket supplier? Well, we had to go through the venues because they're oh, contracted. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't access tickets. Screw mm-hmm. them. I don't care. That's awful. Dude, just sell tickets through Eventbrite. Like the fee is like two bucks. The fee is so low on Eventbrite that a lot of times I absorb it within the ticket price. Yeah. So I'll be like, they're $30 tickets, but really I get 27 or whatever, twenty seven fifty, and Eventbrite takes the other whatever. Well, slip. they're trying to regulate, like federally regulate. Yes, that. because it's insane. Because what they're doing is, is that Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they go in contract with the venues, right? And they make ex- they pay them a ton of money. Yep. And then you, you Zoltan, can't go in and sell your own tickets. You no. have to use. Them. Yeah, well, you have to go. And that. it's just a full on monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's venues where I can't Eventbrite. Yeah. There's venues where I can't do. I'm doing a music venue this weekend in Milwaukee. And they're through TIX, T-I-X or something. Sure. Ticket Web, I think. One of those. And uh, I did Punchline in Philly. That's a Live Nation one, so that's Ticketmaster. Yeah. And you can't, that's just how they do it. But I was telling uh, my manager about it, who works with bands, and he's like, a lot of it, like a lot of that money doesn't even trickle back to the bands. It's mm, those ticket companies it taking it. And he goes, on top of that, the reason why ticket prices are so expensive even before it gets to the third-party dealers, is that production for these tours, the cost is through the roof. It's so much higher than it was years before. Mm. And he told me that he knows the manager. for He's in contact with the manager of Sam Smith. And Sam Smith sleeps on the tour bus every night. He's not, like, I guess most musicians go to a hotel afterwards and just ride on the bus. But he's sleeping on the tour bus to cut costs because his tour costs so much money with backup dancers and whatever the hell goes into a sam smith show and uh i was like i totally get that i wonder what the what the element of the tour was that cost that, that they were they were like we can do this sam <laughs> but you're sleeping on the bus like you can't get a hotel like we have to take the money from somewhere 
Wait, it's got to come out of something. He got. He's got to have the dopest bus, though. It must. It's got to be an incredible bus. But His he, own bus, by the way. It should. Be. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't not, have. He doesn't not, have singers on the no, bus. No, no, no. Yeah, he's yeah. not splitting it with the DJ. He can poop in that bus. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to bring up. Yeah. I would. I. That would be my thing. I'd be like, all right, I will sleep on this bus, but I can dump in the bus. Yeah. I can dump in this bus, yeah. and then the and then they got to talk to the driver, who whatever poor sap has to go pump that out at like a way station or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't like. I guess the cost of everything is crazy, and even when we left the stadium, because we had a quarter-mile walk to try to get away from the stadium to try to get an Uber where yeah. it wasn't insane, and we walked through the part of the parking lot where they had all the semi-trucks for, mm. not exaggerating, 50 semis. Easily. Easy. Yeah. And I'm like, good lord, I guess there was a lot of stage out there. Yeah. I guess there was a lot of how do you do's to put up. So I have no idea what the... Uh, what the uh, what the overhead is to put on a show, but I'm so glad I do stand up. I'm so <laughs> glad I do. Every time I see a band that's smaller play a music venue the size I do, and I I do the math of how many people are in there, how much tickets were, and I'm like, and they have to split it four ways, and there's an opening band. I'm like, I'm so glad I do comedy Dude, where it just goes to me. That's why most bands are rich. That yeah. they come for money. That make it because they have to have backing. Yeah, you get an investor. You ha- like there's just it's so hard to make. I mean, now it's probably easier with TikTok, right? To get your mu- music out there to then get exposure. But like prior to that, it's like, it's like how'd you do it? No, how did you how did you get the equipment? How'd you get the van? Like so much of it is like such a pain. I'm so glad I do comedy. I show up with my little things of merch. That's most of what I carry on my camera. And uh, even before then, like imagine when comedians didn't even have merch, they didn't even bring a camera, they just showed up uh, on half an eight ball. And they're like, and uh, Nick DiPaolo would always talk about this. He's like, I would, he's like, what's up with the meet and greets? He'd talk about this years ago, but uh, he's like, what's up with the meet and greets now? He's like, as soon as I'm done, I would be walking out the side door. I'm in the alley and I'm on my way back to the hotel. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not part of it. I came up in the meet and greet era where you stand out there and you say, Thanks and hello to everybody. I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate it either. I think I, I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. It's just funny what we complain about. There so, was a there was a headliner I worked with that I don't want to say their name in case it like this comes off do. as yeah. <laughs> uh, Harlan Williams. But yeah. he would uh charge ten bucks for a picture and a hello. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because because he was working clubs, if he didn't charge, he didn't want to not be out there. Right. But also, if he didn't, everyone would want to do it, and they never flipped the room. Yes. He's like, so this, like, he goes, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to tip with this money. Yeah. But, like, I ha- like otherwise, we'll never get it done. But I also don't want to not be out here. So exactly. it's like, kind of like a yeah. weird way to do it, like a meet and greet. It's where to you're... cut down on the meet and greet. Yeah, exactly. With that $10, some people would be like, no, after tickets and two drink minimum, I'm good. Yeah. But I'm also good. sign anything you want, you know? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He wasn't, like, weird about, like, if someone came straggling, he wouldn't, like, put his hand out type of thing. But he, right. it was it was... It's just for the ease of the uh, ease of use, you know. Yeah, I like that. Also, See, most of Nick DiPaolo's meet and greets would just be people pointing guns at him. <laughs> you know, he kind of went that direction, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah, he did. He's, he's one of the. Uh, he's on the. Uh, uh, what's it called? Like the Proud Boys Network. Proud Boys. <laughs> <laughs> like if if the Proud Boys has a uh, has a Christmas party, they're a list of comedians that they want to bring in. Like DePaulo's near the top. He's yeah. like, man, if we could get DePaulo for the Christmas party this year in Idaho, boys. Like, do you think that they let comics do Christmas parties in prison? <laughs> We're having a good time, huh? Well, you can bring it in. I might work a prison in. Uh, 
in outside of Portland in a few weeks. I don't know if it's actually happening. I, I got to reach out go. to my, but yeah, we got to request. <laughs> you got to reach out to your parole officer. <laughs> I, I got to reach out to, yeah, that's so funny. I got to reach out to my agent so they can talk to the warden and see if this, <laughs> this show's still happening. But it's some sort of prison in uh, Willamette. I think it's just south of Portland, which oddly enough, I once took a Greyhound from Portland down to Medford to do a show. And the first stop south of Portland was in front of a prison and two prisoners got on who were just let out and they had their clear bags and they announced to everyone that they were just let out of prison. So everyone was terrified. And I think I'm performing at that prison if this happens. So, you know, we'll get, that'll be like my Johnny Cash in Fulton County or my St. Anger <laughs> where they did the St. Anger music video in, in uh, San Quentin or wherever. Is it Columbia River by chance? I think I think it's... It uh, is. North of Portland? I think it's south. So oh. I'm also... It's also for Well, youths. then there's a tour. Then there's... <laughs> because the Columbia River Correctional Institution in North Portland, they have a, co- a correctional institution comedy school which includes quarterly comedy shows inside the walls of a men's prison outside of Portland. I think that might be where it might I'm be at. it. Yeah. I think that one might be it. Good lord! Uh, I'm doing a picture. comedy class, so not only are they prisoners, they're people that are like open micers, essentially open mic prison. That they're going to judge my act so hard. You know what's the worst part is that there's a photo of this, and I'm looking. There's a, a guy there with a guitar, and I'm like, a prison guitar, guitar act. Ugh, I bet it's good. Oh <laughs> he God. might be great. That reminds me of my favorite comedian attacks heckler video from like it must be the 80s or the 90s oh yeah you know the one i'm talking about with the, the guitar smashes and he smashes the guitar over a heckler's face so if you haven't seen it let me play it out for you there's a guitar act on stage he's being heckled by some dude kenny moore kenny moore is the mm-hmm. name all right kenny moore is the guitar act and he's having a back and forth with an audience member and then it finally gets to the point where he's like yeah well then come on up here then and guess what that guy came on up there and while he comes up kenny grabs his guitar smashes him over the head horrifying screams from audience members the guy keels over and then the bet my favorite part of it is he he tries to like get the audience on his side and he goes uh hey i had to do it he was coming out at me right folks and then you just hear the shrill voice of a woman go no you didn't have to and no one took his side and then he goes well i guess show's over folks and another favorite part of my of that was while he's doing it, he's kind of playing with the tuning forks of his guitar. Like his guitar smashed. He just smashed it over the cranium of a stranger. And he's over there like, oh, is this is this G string still? Is it a little sharp? Is it a little uh, me, 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 Yeah, me, 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 me. Let me see if I can get into my closing me, 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 me is going to jail. <laughs> me, 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 me is gonna get locked up for this. I wonder if that's him. I wonder if he's the guitar act behind bars for decapitating a heckler back in the nineties. He did go to jail. I bet you. You can't we do spent that. Spent the weekend in jail. Cost him five grand in fees. There's no way you got paid five grand for that show. No. Man, what a good story of like, I'm never working that again. I remember <laughs> I, 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 did, I did a bowling alley, a one-nighter in Albany, New York for, or Al- Albany, Oregon, excuse me, uh, for $400. And I got a speeding ticket on the way back that cost me more than $400. And I was like, I will never go back to Albany. Sorry. You got to give it up for Kenny, though, because he was filming sets in the, in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so back in the 80s, when you're filming a set, 
not only are you using that old technology with the uh, uh, cassette camera, but you're also only sent. That's not for YouTube. That's not your HBO special. You're sending that out for work. Yeah. So you're trying to film a set to try to get yourself more work at comedy clubs, cruise ships, corporates, what have you, and you end up just getting footage of smashing a man over the head with the guitar. Also, he put it out. I, I it came out. That's so funny. I wonder if someone's yanked the camera from him while he was being hauled off to know. the clink. It could have been the, the comedy clubs. Yeah. But I tell you right now, if that happened today and it went out, that guy would definitely book Kimmel. Dude. I know that for <laughs> sure. We have evidence of that. I think the late shows need people to start smashing people over the heads with guitars and chugging beers. You know, I think that's something like Kimmel needs because who else is watching stand up on Kimmel? <laughs> That'll happen when John Cena becomes a comedian. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. It's Just coming. taking bumps. It's coming, man. We are in a real, real notable era for stand up comedy of some real highs and some real lows. Mm. And it's a good thing is we're documenting all of it. Yeah. This is a good thing. We have 18 cameras of everybody set, and we're gonna we're gonna document all the good, the bad, the mundane, the indifferent. The that didn't need technology to record that. <laughs> we could have gone with that recording. There's so many sets because I film all my sets now for the YouTube and the clips and all that. There's so many sets where I leave and I'm like, man, we didn't need to record that. I didn't do anything new. I didn't bomb. I didn't do great. But I'm definitely not gonna do anything with that footage. It's just gonna sit on a hard drive. Oh, one day. Uh, maybe still be around after humanity's gone and then some whatever the next humans are some archaeologists are going to dust off some old hard drive figure out how to plug it in and they'll see me have a mediocre set in uh appleton wisconsin <laughs> they'll be like what is this this is what they did then i had this dr brilliant idea to um record all my sets and then people can rather than merch they could scan a qr code and then pay me whatever they want and then I, I would give them access to that set, like private access, because I would do a lot of crowd work and shit. Yeah, this is yeah, years ago before yeah, it was like that's whatever. Smart. It man, the amount of work versus how much how I was people? people were paying. I was like, I'm, I did one weekend, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it was too much. I think I one time heard of Carlos Mencia doing that back in the day. Well, DVDs. I got it from musicians would do that with oh, like this okay. guy Zach. I can't remember his name, but he would. It was different every night the show, so he right. would just lie, he would like burn CDs as it's happening and then sell them after the show. And I was like, oh, maybe I wonder if we're doing that for comedy. That's so. It's, it's a good, it's a DVDs. good idea. It's great if idea. you have somebody to do it for yes. you. Yes, but when you're also, uh, it's just brutal to keep. When up you're with. doing it by yourself, like I set up the camera and my recording equipment. I just got a new H Zoom H6, so I'm getting my sound yeah, off yeah, the yeah. soundboard, all that stuff. So I got to show up to the venue like an hour before, hook all this crap up. And uh, I'm like, man, it would be so cool. I'm like maybe three level notches up away from being able to like hire a kid to do this right, and just right. tour with me. Yeah. Like set up all my gear. I'll be in the back smoking a cigar and sipping on some bourbon whiskey before my show like I'm Ron White or something. <laughs> uh, but until then, I'm do out there going. <laughs> doing the things that someone who does that wouldn't care about filming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All I want to do is hire a kid who has dreams of being a filmmaker and make him film the most mundane crap that he could ever have to film, which is just set up the camera, point it that way, turn on the recording, and get out of the way. While you just sit in the back complaining about, oh, well, I can't believe we got to film all this stuff. <laughs> like, you hired the guy. Yeah, I hired the <laughs> kid. What are you talking about? Man, that's, yeah, that was insane. But that was, uh, that was like, that was the Metallica thing. 
that that weekend was so fun in Arizona, and then uh, the show ended up getting canceled. So then Sunday we went to our buddies. Uh, we were staying with some friends out there, and we went to our buddy's neighbor's uh, pool party. This uh, gay couple, and it just reminded me. I used to live in the gay neighborhood in San Diego, Hillcrest, and it just reminded me that gay parties are so much more fun than straight parties, especially if it's two gay dudes. Like, they're, the food's going to be amazing. The pool was impeccable. It was this beautiful—it wasn't huge, but it was in this backyard, and it had jets to create a current— so they put it on, and you could swim against a current, or you could float, and the current would move you around the pool. That's I've never cool. seen that in a pool. No. And uh, they had the best food. They had a neighbor brought uh, uh, brownies with weed in them, and I ate that. And I just remember there was a magical moment where I'm, I'm stoned, I'm, I'm in the water, and my wife is feeding me key lime pie. Uh, from the t- like the most delicious key lime pie that one of the attendees had brought from this high-end dessert emporium just feeding me delicious key lime pie while i'm floating like a turd in the current of a creek and i'm like this is like if i had to come up with a dream scenario for a sunday it would be this laying in 85 degree 90 degree weather being fed key lime pie while my brain is on the moon uh I can't picture anything better than that and that's that's why dude gay parties are the that wasn't even a party in their realm of parties. That was just a Sunday hang. All right? If that was at my buddy Dane's house, and no knock on Dane, just one of my straight buddies, it would just, first of all, there wouldn't be a pool. He'd have a dirt backyard, and there would just be some Lay's potato chips with bean dip and a couple warm cans of beer that there wasn't room in the cooler for. And this is no knock. Like, I love Dane, and I love those parties. Those are good hangs. Those are good hangs. We're going to talk about fantasy football, why they think they might get fired, they might have to do oil changes on the truck. Like, they know. But then at a gate, like, your cares go away. They're just whisked. More dips, for sure. Way more. No bean dip. There is going to be food at that party, whether it's dips or chips or sandwiches or desserts that you've never had in your life and you've never heard of before, and you will desperately try to find it again after. Yeah, there's no, you're not going to hear the air seal pop on a jar (laughs) right before dip is served. At a gay party. No, it was, oh, it was just a blast. And I'm, I was still antisocial because I can't shake that part of me. There's a part where I was just high and on a floaty and I just floated to the empty end of the pool and just stared up at the sun and my wife laughed at me. She goes, even in a setting when you're completely comfortable, you still don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> and you just float in the corner. I'm like, yeah, I don't. There should be like a wristband or something that has like different like very low grade lighting on. <laughs> That you can be like, I'm too high for this right now. And so people just know you're not being weird. Yes. You're like, no, I, look, I'm really stoned right now. I can't do this. And they're like, oh, he'll be back. And then you turn it to like green when yeah. you're back. Yeah. Like, oh, I came down a level. I can talk now. Like a really smart Apple watch that Something. lets you know how intoxicated or not intoxicated you are at a party. So if you are too high, people won't talk to you, but someone nice will be like remind you to blink. 
Yeah. You know, well, like, they won't so, be mad at you or right, think you're right. a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe like you can wear, everyone wears a clip of some sort. And then when somebody gets too close to you, they buzz. Right. Stay away. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like yeah, a like reverse little, dog, uh, right. dog electric fence. That's so funny. <laughs> Buzzes Just so other like, people. Two stone people don't accidentally get into a conversation about yeah, like conspiracy yeah. theories they saw on yeah. YouTube. And you're like, no, 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 stay away. Just and then, float, float, in, float in the ether. And then a local businessman stays away from somebody on Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Not starting a business with that guy. <laughs> I think this is going to happen. Yeah. I think it needs to happen. And all the people I talked to were very nice, but it was just like a lot of me in my head listening, smiling, reacting, and going, I'm not equipped for this conversation. I just want to float until my head hits the side, and then I'll float back and get some more uh, key lime pie. You know, but that was that was essentially my weekend. I think it was wonderful. Gay backyard party, uh, the shows. Yep, yep. Went into a driverless Uber. That was all right. Die, die, die. I think that's the show for this week. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Mike, for chiming in. Found out we were wrote roadie from. I can't believe it took you that long to tell me you ever did that. Uh, cause like I, if that was me, that would be the first thing I would tell people. <laughs> well, I, I've done a lot of, I've had every job on earth. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Like if I was, even if I was still a comedian, people were like, this is old Tanny's a comedian. I'm like, I was also a roadie for Metallica, <laughs> uh, summer sound tour, whatever, summer sanitarium tour, 2001. Name so. a job. I bet you I've done it. Name a job. Sign flipper for an Italian restaurant. I almost was a sign flipper for a Halloween Express store. I showed up and they were like, you're a sign flipper. I was like, no, that's not what I got hired for. And they're like, everyone does it. And then I quit immediately. What? Oh, you so didn't I almost, do it. No, fuck. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I did it. I was better than that. I was, well, I was 13. I don't know how old you were. I was 13. I was, I was probably 20. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, was, yeah I was yeah. like, oh, it'd be fun to work at Halloween Express. And yeah. they're like, put a costume on. I go, I have a nice day. <laughs> I didn't wear a costume. Yeah, they but at least you get to hide your... My job was to flip a sign and hand out very detailed menus to Turbius Entro Italian restaurant in okay. Carlsbad, California, which is really hard to do both. It's hard to flip a sign and then when someone walks by, I go, hey, 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 would you like to look at this 184-point menu? <laughs> Here's our catalog. <laughs> Here's our catalog. People would be like, what? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a situation, but wow, I can't believe... Yeah, I'll sign flipper. All right. Yeah. I also worked at a snow cone dispensary warehouse where people would rent snow cones for an event and like then snow cone machines snow cone machines yeah, it was yeah, my yeah. job to like put put it together and i'd i'd give it to them that's a good one yeah that's a good one i only did that for a weekend i was like filling in for a guy and then i had a i had a boss who was very nice to me until a customer showed up and then he would treat me like a dog it was very weird he was so friendly to me and then when a customer would come in He'd be like Zoltan, and then he would just talk down to me like I was the lowest form. Did you ever and, say anything to him? No, because it was it was only a weekend job, so I worked there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then I never worked there again. So oh, it, one weekend. It was one weekend. Got it got it got was got like it. a, a temporary. Temp yeah, it was a temp job. Yeah. Some guy took his one employee took a vacation that weekend, so they called me in. But like, and then as soon as the customer would leave, he'd go back to being Mister Sweet Pants, and I was like, "What is happening?" And it was just such a short. Honestly, though, I'm the type of personality where even if I worked there eight years, I don't think I would brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like you would bring it up. I think eventually I would. Yeah. My I think wife now, would my bring older it up. age, I, or I'm pushing 40, so I'd be like, hey, man, I don't need to, like, I could do some, anything else. Right. Why do I need to, why are you talking to me like that? I get emotional. I, if I get to the point where I'm bringing something up, that means it's bothered me so much. I'm going to be so angry. There's going to be tears welling up in the corners. I think I would turn like, it. Why would you do this to I me? I think I would turn it on him. Everything good? Yeah. Is there, I'm, is there like, am I, is my, are you okay? 
Because like it's something. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like you're talking down. What to did me I do? To, what strange. did I do? I'm so sorry. Yeah. And make them feel like a dick. Oh no! I did. Oh okay. Well then, maybe stop talking to me like that. Yeah, How about what are that? We, what are we renting out here? Snow cone machines or MRIs? <laughs> Why don't you calm down and stop treating me like I'm a low life? So funny. I thought we were selling snow cone machines <laughs> yeah. and we were selling bullet casings. <laughs> I thought we were selling joy, and you're over here chanting "die, die, die." So funny. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening, watching, however you do, and cheers. And until next week, bye everybody. Trekking heavier traveling light There's one thing that's right wherever I